The time has come, ladies and gentlemen. Invest Fest, that's right. That's right. Invest Fest 2023 is here. August 25th, 26th, and 27th in Atlanta, Georgia. We are taking it to a new level. Bigger than ever. This year, we're going to do 20,000 people in Atlanta, Georgia. I want you to do yourself a favor. Head over to investfest.com right now. We will have activations from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three days, musical performances, billionaires. Everything is gonna be a completely life-changing experience. Vendor Marketplace, Food Truck Village, you know how we do. Don't wait, don't hesitate, head over now. Earners, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research but I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy to use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex, simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k, and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over here and start using it now. Earners, what's up? Look, I wanna give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention, 
the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long-term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. Guys, welcome back. EYL, we back home. We just got off the plane and we had to hurry back to make it to talk to the champ. The, the, the story to get here is an episode in itself. Yeah, for so, sure. Well worth it. So if you're a fan of the sweet science like I am, the term champ just can't be thrown around loosely. There's only one champ at a time. There's a yeah. lot of fighters. There's a lot of champions. Yeah. But there's only one champ. Fact. Champ is the pound for pound champ. Number Undisputed. One. Yes, correct. So <laughs> we have the champ Terrence Croy. Fort in the building, but just came off the biggest fight of the year. Very impressive fight. Um, I knew you was going to win, but I didn't think that it was going to be in that fashion. Shout out to Earl Spence. Uh, but just, I think you won every single round except for the first one, maybe. And now you're undefeated, 40-0, and 0, I believe. Yep. Um, you are pound for pound, best fighter in the game. Yep. Uh, you have four belts? Five, including the ring belt. Five belts. Um, and you're just at the top of the world right now. So we're going to talk about a variety of different things. But first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, for this, sure. This is the first, sure. the first champ. <laughs> no, we um, interviewed Floyd. That's true, but he's not. I mean, he's retired. This is the champ. You know, but I'm just saying. Great. All-time great. Active. <laughs> I want like, to I want to get by all of his credit. Sure. Not just the biggest fight of the year, the most dominant fight of the year. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. I, I had it on pay-per-view. It was I was like, wow. It was just a different look in you. But we definitely both picked you to win. So let's talk about this. I want to talk, <laughs> we're gonna talk about the business, we're gonna talk about a variety of different things, but let's start with the obvious. You just came off that fight. What's the mindset going into that fight? A lot of people uh, did not pick you to win. Said that you were smaller than him, and you know nobody. I ain't seen anybody disrespect you, but a lot of people just thought that you were not going to be the winner. And like I said, not only did you win, but you won in extremely convincing fashion. So, what's the mindset of you in training camp leading up to this fight, knowing that that's going to be the biggest fight of your career so far? Well, my mindset is always win at all costs. Make sure that I'm in 110 percent. Uh, shape, prepared for whatever the opponent brings to the table. Uh, make sure that I'm at the best of my abilities going into the fight so uh, I don't have to worry about nobody else. A lot of people ask me, you know, uh, what you got to do to win the fight? I just say, be myself. I always say that because I, I honestly feel as if I'm Terrence Crawford. Can't nobody beat me unless I beat myself. Yeah. So as, I mean, first round, they didn't give to you. Second round, some things changed. Is that the turning point in your mind? Like, all right, he's hit me with something. This is all he has. It's time to put this work in? No, I don't, I don't really think he hit me 
with nothing telling in the first round. Mm. You know, I think the first round was more so a fell out round. I don't think either one of us did anything really in the first round. So mm. I really didn't understand, you know, how people had me losing it. Maybe because, you know, he was coming forward a little more and he was pressing the action a little more. So they just gave it to him on aggression, you know, but all in all, neither one of us really was doing too much in the first round. In the second round, you know, things start picking up a little, little more than there was in the first round. Uh, I got the knockdown, and that changed the fight from from there on. So, I always wondered this as a fighter, right? There has to be some level of, are you ever nervous, scared, doubt? Like, not only can you lose, but you can potentially get hurt bad, right? So, going into the fight, like, mentally, how is that process for you? Well, everybody get nervous. You know, when 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 these fighters say they they don't, they lying. You know, everybody get nervous because you know what that what's at stake. You know, um doubt, I wouldn't say like it crossed your mind in training camp and stuff like that, but that's when, you know, you gotta push harder in, in training camp when, when you got that doubt in your mind. Uh so going into the fight, there's no doubt. There's no doubt whatsoever what's gonna happen because I know I put put the work in. So, um, yeah, I don't worry about the, those thoughts going into the fight. Yeah, I mean, after you win, and, like, when I'm watching this, when it gets stopped in the ninth round, I'm thinking to myself, that was pretty dominant, right? And I know there's a rematch clause, but in my head I'm thinking to myself, are you looking at, like, I've dominated this fight so much, like, who is my next challenger, right? Because I've seen there was some talk from the ringside to Charlo, I saw the look in your eye when you like, yo, I'm that guy. Like, what, what's your mindset right after that? Like, dude, I just put him down. Who's next? No, my 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 mental was just just what you seen. You know, I went straight to the next next champion in the next division, and that was Jamel Charlo. You know, me moving up, he got all the belts. He got to see me, and that's how I felt. Like, all right, letting him know. Put him on notice that you know I'm coming for him. Yeah, I see that. I'm like, first I'm like, who's he talking to? Then I realized that I'm like, all right, automatically I've done this. And your mind's like, I got, you're gonna have to move up and wait, right? Because mm -hmm. originally he was supposed to fight uh, Alvarez. That kind of didn't work. So like, no, he's he's fighting Canelo. Oh, I, oh, his, I thought it was his twin brother who was fighting him. No, 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 that's him. Okay, okay, he's fighting Canelo. So after he does that, that is that something you're looking like? All right, yeah. If he come back in. Uh, Win his title against Tam Zoo. Okay. That'd be a so, but mega fight. the rematch clause is up to Spence if he wants to exercise it. Right. So, assuming that he's going to do that, I'm assuming that he would do it. I don't see why he wouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, you think about what weight you want to fight at? Because people, let me ask you this. Some people say he was dehydrated and drained. That's why he it looked so lopsided because he came down in weight. Well, you got to understand... My whole career, people been uh, giving excuses for fighters that I've been in the ring with. You know, um, a lot of people say, oh, man, you ain't fought nobody. Or you fighting washed up guys. Or you fighting over the hill champions. Or this guy didn't train uh, properly. Or this guy did this and this guy did that. So if you if you watch my interviews when talking about a fight 
with Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr., you will see that I always said, once I beat you and I make you look ordinary, they're going to have an excuse. <laughs> you know, um, Spence never came out with one excuse. He never said anything about nothing. He just said the better man won. But in their mind, they just can't understand the fact that I won in that fashion. So they like, something has to be wrong because this guy is not that good. That's what they think. But once a fighter get in the ring with me and it, it happens over and over and over, then they'll say, oh, well, this is the reason why he won like that. Or this is the reason why, you know, he lost like that. Not giving me my credit and saying that he knocked out every welterweight that was put in front of him. Now, this fight was highly anticipated. It was something that obviously we wanted to see for years. The business of it is interesting, right? Because he has the opportunity to exercise the, the rematch clause. How, how did that business work out where, like, who's the A side, who's the B side? Because we've seen that plenty of times where that holds up a fight and people won't do it because they're like, I'm not the B side. I'm the, how did that work between y'all and the negotiations of it? Well, I really didn't care the A side or the B side. You know, I just wanted to fight. As long as the business behind closed doors was right, then we had to fight. You know, I didn't really care uh, if if the poster says Spence Crawford, Crawford Spence, at the end of the day, we got to fight. Long as, you know, the business is right, then I'm cool with it. So look, over the last five years, we've been seeing a lot of these mega fights taking place, right? And that was a knock on boxing for a long time that the fights that the public wanted to see were not taking place. Um, what do you credit that to? I know you see you guys kind of thanked each other for making the fight happen. So do you credit that to the boxers or... Do you credit that to, you know, the promotional companies? Like what what has moved the sport forward where now guys are actually really fighting each other? I credit the fighters. You know, uh, I really believe me and Spence was um, a big part of making this fight happen. You know, um, if me and him wasn't wouldn't have gotten on the phone and talked out some issues that we was having, uh, with the lawyers and stuff like that, then who knows if the fight would have continued, you know? Uh, yeah, so I just, I just, I'm a firm believer as the fighters make the fights if they really want them. Because if I want to fight you and you want to fight me, you're going to go to your peoples and say, hey, look, I want to fight him and I don't care about nothing else. You know, uh, they might be looking at out for you and say, all right, well, if you're going to fight him, we want you to get this or we want you to get that. And you may be like, no, nah, we ain't going to get over on him. I'm, I'm going to take this and he's going to take that and we're going to fight. Hmm. You know, so I feel as if a lot of fighters, they hide behind a promotional company or their management company or their advisors and things like that. And that's why a lot of fights don't get done or one's ego is bigger than the other. And... Instead of coming together, you want to try to take the biggest pot because you feel as if you bring more to the table when both of y'all bringing a lot to the table because both of y'all is, is is stars. So, uh, so that's an excuse when boxers say like, talk to my promoter or my yeah. promoter. That's that they're using that as an excuse. Oh yeah, for sure. The top ranked guy won't fight the premier guy. Won't fight. And, the and it and it happened plenty of times. You. You seen Tyson Fury fight Deontay Wilder. You seen Lomachenko fight Gary Russell Jr. 
I didn't fought two PBC fighters, but when it when it came to me fighting one day champions, that's when it when it got hold up. Yeah. Don't, don't embarrass our guy. <laughs> no, it's just like, you know, uh, you're not about to come over here and beat one of our guys and take take a title back to your promotional company mm-hmm. and we don't have no ties uh with you and it's just like now what do we got to offer or what do you got to offer to us? So I see I see the business side of it, but uh as a boxing fan, you want those type of fights. Mm-hmm. You you call for those fights, but the business just get away. I get in get in the way of those fights happening. So as a, a competitor, after the fight, th- does the business side kick in? Are you as competitive when you're looking at the numbers coming back? I know there's some estimates of over seven hundred thousand pay per view buys. Are you looking at that and saying? All right, we hit our number. Like, are there metrics that you're looking at from the business side? What did the gate do? Like, how does that how does that go? Well, we looking at everything. You know, um, at this point in my career, we're gonna look at everything. You know, we're gonna look at the sponsorships. We're gonna look at the gate. We're gonna look at the merchandise. We're gonna look at everything. You know, because that that all matters. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that's just part of business. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking to myself, right? Because I mean, that's that's the first thing they'll do is like, this is the high, the most one of the highest anticipated fights. They're looking at the numbers. They're saying, oh wait, well Tank Fort Garcia and that did this amount of views, and this one did this amount. And they try to compare it, but in your mind, was there a number that was like, if we hit this, this is successful, or did we underperform? No, no, not really. I wasn't too 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 worried about that because I knew. Uh, me and Spence will sell. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a lot of uh, extraness going on with me and him. I don't feel. I feel like as if uh, it wasn't covered enough, like a tank and a Ryan, because of it wasn't any controversy. It wasn't us bad mouthing each other. It wasn't us disrespecting each other. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you know us pushing each other or trying to do anything to, you know, um, make everybody be like, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? You know, it was Put just, the purse up. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was it was mutual respect, you know, and I don't feel like, you know, two grown men got to put on a show just to sell a fight. And I believe that me and him proved that. Well, what's your relationship with Bob Aaron? I don't have no relationship with him. Like, uh, what's so your, you stop working. You're not on top rank. No. So why did that relationship end? Well, you gotta understand, you know, once once a fighter get to the to the point of where they start understanding business and they started asking questions and they not just taking what you offer them, then things get complicated. And then at the same time, he couldn't deliver the fights that I wanted. Not because he couldn't, is because the relationship that he had with the other promotional company. Al Heyman. Yeah. With uh PBC and Al Heyman. So, you know, um that was another factor. And just things just didn't work out between us. So as far as like for a long time it was it was Bob Aaron is Al Heyman, right? And it made things complicated on the business side. How do I save? Where do I invest? Can I build wealth to pass on to my family? 
Fidelity's got answers for you right here at InvestFest. Stop by booth 201 to chat with Fidelity's financial education consultants and pick up a fresh perspective on investing at one of their popular mini seminars. Their money pros are here to help you make smart financial decisions that can elevate your life and lay the foundation for a lasting legacy of black wealth. Fidelity at InvestVest will be your first stop on the road to financial greatness. Learn more at fidelity.com slash black wealth or visit booth 201. The business model of boxing is like difficult for business to get done. Where like, let's say like a UFC where everybody's under one umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. Boxing. So, but now a lot of guys are kind of like independent doing their own thing. So the future of boxing, do you see more people not necessarily having a promoter or kind of like doing like co-promotion? Because you're independent right now. Right. Is that something that you see more, in your opinion, that's going to happen more in the future? I would like it to happen, but at the same time, you got to understand, you know, um, some of these fighters that's growing up in uh, the hood or in the ghetto and poverty, they don't have no money. So when a promoter come and see their talent and say, hey, listen, I give you $500,000 signing bonus, you know, to sign with me for five years plus XX if you become a champion, you know, uh, it's hard to turn that down. You know, and not not have the right people around you to guide your career because it's hard to to do things on your own when you're not at this level. Where are you gonna fight at? How are you gonna get any, rec- any recognition? What network is you gonna fight at? You know, if if top rank PBC, the zone don't put you on TV, nobody's gonna see you. So now what? How how are you going to market yourself? You stuck you stuck in a box where you got all this talent, but you ain't got nowhere to showcase it at. You ain't got no opportunity to showcase it at. And then when you do get the opportunity, people not really going to be hipped on you. They might see you, but then now your numbers is still at ground zero. And now they use that as a bargaining tool. Do you think a boxing league can ever be, can ever happen? Yeah, of course. If, you know, a lot of these old fighters and, you know, people that want to clean up the sport of boxing come together and put they put their knowledge together and think of ways to make a organization that's fair for all fighters, then, yeah, it could happen. $600 as an amateur. That's what you were making. <laughs> Your first fights, right? My first professional Professional fight. fights. So to have... Where you're at now, obviously, multi-million dollar fights. You said something important in one of your interviews. You said, I had to surround myself around people who knew about money. I had no idea about money. I had no idea about financial literacy. Who were those people that you started surrounding yourself with early in your career, and are they still around? Of course. So uh, first first and foremost, I surrounded myself with my fourth grade teacher. Uh-huh. You know, uh, she 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 put me in contact with a lot of individuals that have a lot of money that that's wealthy that's doing great things in in life and um yeah from from the accountants to the financial advisors to all that and you know I went from just putting money in the bank and thinking let me just save the money to actually 
making real investments. So, uh, yeah, it started it started with her. Yeah, when when I asked the second part about uh, the people still around, because when I hear you talk, there's a humbleness, but there's a sense of loyalty. Like if I watch your fights, we can see the loyalty, and we watched it when you fought in in Omaha. And a lot of people are looking at like, this why is he fighting in Omaha? But there's a loyalty to your hometown. And when I was reading about it, I'm thinking to myself, is he taking the college athletics game plan where it's like, you know what? There isn't a major sports league here. There isn't none of the four professional leagues in, in Nebraska, but the college team is here. And it's the biggest thing in the state. If I can win Nebraska, the people will come out and support when you were going through the process of trying to find ways to, where to fight, I know there were some issues with your, your promotional team. They didn't want you to do it. What was your mindset saying, I, I have to do it here, I have to bring it here? This is where loyalty lies? No, that was just something that I always wanted to do was give back to my my city, you know, because they always been supportive of, of me ever since the Nationals. You know, ever since I was a little kid, they always supported me to the fullest, and I just always knew if I brought an event to Omaha, that it would sell out, that they would come out, they will support. I was fighting, you know, in barns in Iowa City, Iowa, with 50 people in it. I was fighting in Ames, Iowa, you know, when with, with girls being the main event, when it ain't nobody there, but my whole family taking that drive, and I got most of the crowd. You know, so um, I was coming up. It was it was tough, and I was just like, I don't understand the level of confidence that they got in these people, <laughs> making them the headline of the show, but they wouldn't give me the opportunity to fight. And that wasn't with Top Rank. That was with uh, TKO Promotions. Okay. So once I got signed by Top Rank, I stressed it the fact that I wanted to fight in Omaha. I told him, like, listen, I want to I want to fight in Omaha. I got a big following in Omaha, and I think it'll be big. They really too much didn't believe me. Bob Nim said, you, you win the title, we're going to bring it back to Omaha. So once I won, they wanted to take it to Iowa where the casinos. Mm. It's only like, what? 10 minutes away, five minutes away. I'm like, no, I'm not fighting there. I just had to stand my ground. Like, listen, it's Omaha or nothing because 10,000 people, it's going to be way more than that. And they was looking like, all right, we're going to see. So once once the fight got announced with me and Gamboa and they seen the magnitude and the support of the people that came out, the the to support me and cheer me on. They was like, man, this is this is crazy. This is incredible. And I'm like, I told y'all. Well, you you are the illest. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. Me the illest thing from Nebraska. Yeah. There's another dude that's <laughs> ill from Nebraska. From our, the world of business. The Oracle of the Omaha. The Oracle of Omaha. Yes. So I'm wondering, as you're ascending in your career of boxing, is the Oracle watching you? And of course. He is watching. He, been, he, he likes been, boxing. I know. I was like, what, few, when's the first time he reaches out? Well, he never re reached out. You know, he came to a couple of my fights in Omaha. He came backstage, you know, uh, showed support and love. 
uh, Warren always been cool. Like I'll sit down, meet with him. We'll chop it up for hours. You know, this is st stuff that people pay million dollars to do. <laughs> That's a fact. And That's we a big fact. And we sitting here just chopping it up about whatever, you know, and I'm just like, man, this dude, like one of the most popular dudes on the planet down there. And he's sitting here chopping it up with me and we take a picture and he like, man, put me in a headlock. <laughs> I'm like, huh? I'm like, man, First request. like, put me in the headlock. I'm like, put me, come here. You know what I mean? Just joking around, you know? And I was just like, man, this dude, real life chill. And I didn't say, got the, got the opportunity to sit down with him and, you know, have conversation with him multiple times. And I, I think that was real dope. What's anything that you, that you might've learned, picked up from him? Oh man, just little certain investments, but it was stuff that I was already invested in. You know, I was, I was just like, you know, um, what, what do he think about this? What do he think about that? And, um, he gave me his opinion and his main thing was you know get you a team that you can count on his main thing was uh, having a strong team and he stressed uh that he wouldn't been able to accomplish all the things that he done accomplish if it wasn't for his team you know and I was like, how can I be a part of your team? <laughs> we'll be on the Berkshire team, right. please. That's we'll be on the team, you know That's what I mean? But, Me, yeah. you, and Charlie, we can get this thing going. Yeah, it was cool, though. So I saw a post where you talked about how you spent your first million dollars. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we did We did the show, uh, how I spent my first million dollars, and it was just that, you know, my first million, I most of it I spent on my family. And, you know, uh, trying to make sure everybody is is set, cool. You know, um, I was I was the type of person that I really didn't care too much about shit for me. I cared about my family, how my, my sisters, my mom, my nieces, my nephew, my kids, how they was. So I used to always just save my money. And they were like, man, you can't take it with you. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I just started spinning, spinning, spinning. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right, now, like, I need to fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then it got to to a point where, you know, I got more, you know, reasonable with my spins and stuff like that. And, you know, sisters' houses, sisters' cars, cousins' cars, nephew cars, you know, remodeled my mom's whole house twice. You know, bought her car, bought my grandma's car. Then I bought me a house, you know, me a vehicle and stuff like that. So I took care of everybody. Yeah. One of the other things that was impressive, and again, it speaks to the character, is that you started to be in the academy mm -hmm. um, for, you know, people to uh, creating a gym for the youth uh, of your hometown. You said that you're independent now from a standpoint of promoting boxing. Are you looking to one create your own team uh, of of fighters, and is that was that the vision when you created B and B? No, that definitely wasn't the vision, but we definitely got our own team. It's called B and B uh, Promotions. That's where me and Brian, I'm TBC Promotions. That's a different entity. Mm -hmm. But um, my thing was, I got kicked out of the gym that I 
once was at uh, CW Youth Resource Center because I wouldn't sign a contract to pay them every month because I was turning pro. And I was like, nobody else <laughs> was was met with the contract. So I was like, man, I'm not signing nothing. And uh, the owner just basically said, if you don't sign this, you got to go. And I was like, all right, I'm leaving. So basically, I just left. And um, I just was like, man, I don't want that to ever happen to another fighter mm. again. You know, um, you forcing him to do something that, you know, is against what he believe in and he's been there since he was seven years old so basically y'all trying to you know get over on him you know y'all trying to take advantage of him and uh we start going to a different gym and me and bo came up with the idea of and let's just get our own gym we ain't got to go to nobody else's gym we don't got to follow nobody else's rules let's get our own gym and at the time i think it was 2012 we found the a warehouse that was just full of old storage stuff. We rented one side out, you know, um, we didn't have nothing in it. Mm. <laughs> we was just renting it out, but still using that gym. And like, every time I fight, we'll put a little bit in it, put a little bit in it. And then we had, you know, a couple of friends that was helping out, you know, uh, my boy Manny. He was paying the rent. He was like, you know what? Y'all focus on boxing. I'm going to pay the rent for eight months. Y'all ain't got to worry about it. Then at that time, you know, we just kept putting money in it. Then we got the ring. Then we started training there. And it wasn't open to the public. And uh, Earners, what's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right. We're creating a new educational experience that's more expensive. Charlie, tell me what we got. Yes, 2023. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy, real estate calls with MG the Mortgage Guy, access to the home buying blueprint, volume one and volume two. Part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the United States, live interactive teaching, hands-on, not just pre-recorded videos, plus 15 brand new curriculums. The biggest just got bigger. Head over to EYLUniversity.com. That's E-Y-L-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. See you there. Once we got it to where the bags and everything was there, then we opened it to the public. And I was like, I don't want them to have to pay nothing. Mm. I want it to be free for everybody to come in, get a workout. They don't got a box. They can just come for a health, health as well. They can come to learn how to de defend themselves. They can come just to hit the bag to uh, let some steam off. They can come to try to box, which we know everybody ain't going to be successful in boxing. A lot of kids, they come in there, want the box, they get punched, and then they leave. But we want to encourage them, like, you don't got a box, but you can still come and train, you know, mm -hmm. still work out. And... um we eventually bought the other side, made it one big gym, and half the side that we once was on, we made it a wrestling room. So, um, yeah, it's free for all the kids and, and everything. You still got ties to wrestling. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, was, my kids wrestle. Speaking of wrestling, <laughs> on the WWE side, right, this goes back to boxing. We, you are a very mild-mannered person. You said, like, 
the last fight, you didn't have to do a lot of like antics to try to promote the fight. But the fighters that have always excelled have always taken on alter egos. We've seen Floyd, he said like, you know, he, when he was pretty boy Floyd, he was a star. When he was Money, Money Mayweather, that's when he became the icon. Muhammad Ali, everybody knows how loud and boisterous he was. Awesome. Even Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson wasn't really that loud, but he just had a very special aura. Mike Tyson was crazy. Yeah, he just had that aura. Enough. I mean, had, you're right. Oscar with Golden Boy. Yeah. Changed it. Yeah. So, my, so this is so all right. So, do you ever think about that? Like, I maybe I should just do a little bit more, add a little bit more flash or... Are you just comfortable just staying in, in your lane? I, I always been comfortable with staying in my lane. I never wanted to be like nobody else. You know, um, what's meant for me, I have. You know, uh, if they couldn't, you know, respect me for being authentic in myself, then it wasn't meant to be. You know, I never wanted to put on a show for for one's entertainment. I'm entertaining in the ring. Not outside the ring. You know, you paying for what I'm doing to these guys in the ring, not for what I'm saying and hopping up and down on the stage. You know, uh, when you look at all those guys that you just named, you know, look at what comes with what they done. Negativity. They got to have all these security guards around them. They got to, you know, watch their back because... So many people want to do harmful things to them just because of their actions. And not only that, now they start getting into it with, with, with people outside of the ring because of their character. You know, so, um, yeah, I never want to be something that I'm not because, you know, what you see is what you get. You you built the, the gym. Uh, I believe you said it was 100000 in. But... Even in that story of when you spent your first million, the most important pieces that you were buying were real estate. Right. Is that something, and even the renovation part, that's something that, you know, that's hands-on. How involved are you in, in terms of the real estate portfolio? Because I'm sure at this point it's growing. We just talked about, you know, you're doing a new build. How involved are you in that process? And do heavy. you enjoy it? Heavy. <laughs> heavy. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. I just closed on, you know, um, a house right before this fight and I closed on, you know, um, a big old building, you know, uh, right in the middle of this. Like I got probably like over 40 houses. In in Nebraska? In Nebraska. I got probably like six, seven apartment complexes. You know, um, I got land. I got, you know, um, storefronts. So I'm heavy. I'm heavy in the real estate. How talk about the land? How why, a lot a lot of people are interested in real estate right now, but why is it important for you to own land? God ain't making no more land. Mm. You know, so if you can buy some land that's in a in a great area, and you can you can build on it, you can sell it, you can rent it, you can do multiple things with it. You know, uh, and or you can just hold on to it till you figure out what you're going to do with it. You know, because the, the world is constantly shifting, you know, and it may it may shift from one area to the uh, another area because that area is already, you know, too, too flooded. So, you know, you got to move elsewhere. 
So, you know, I got some some real valuable properties, you know, that I'm going to build on. And, uh, yeah, and then it's going to accumulate general wealth, generational wealth, I would say. So, obviously, you know, you got a lot going on. Do you have somebody, like, that's, like, running those day-to-day operations of your real estate portfolio? Yeah, well, I'm partnered with uh, my guy, Mark. And my my uh, girl, she handled all my my homes and stuff like that. And uh, I got people that give me advice on you know uh, things to buy that's that's hot, that's not even on the market, you know, and uh, whatnot. So I got I got a lot of uh, great opportunities for you know great business ventures. When when we think Omaha, we think Nebraska. I wonder, from a standpoint of real estate, is there an agricultural play as well? Uh, because we know a lot of farmland, a lot of resources come from middle of America. Are you looking at from that standpoint, or are you looking at it from a commercial standpoint where I can bring additional businesses to add to the appreciation? Oh, <laughs> oh. you know, I got, like I said, I got, tw- I got twenty acres, you know, uh, that I'm building on right now, you know, and I can, I can do all that there. You know, I can build a greenhouse out in the back of my yard. I can put some cows and stuff, horses in the back of my yard. You know, uh, that's 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 not anything that I can't do. I already have the storefronts and, mm-hmm. and all that. So, yeah, like, the sky's the limit. Let's, let's talk about boxing. If you, what, all right. If you had to give advice for some a young fighter coming up, right? What path? Because it's like I think your path you sign with a promotional company and then you go independent. That's pretty common with a lot of boxers. And then it's like, do you just do one-off deals? We saw Canelo. He he did a major deal with the streaming service. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever watching these fights though, but he's getting paid regardless. Thirty million. Each. There's different strategies. Like, what do you think? Like one-off deals, the streaming service way, the long-term partnership with a promoter like what do you, what do you think is the best way to go about it well it's hard for you to say that because like i said you know um what part in what what part in a career are we talking are we talking when you first start or when you become champion or when you like as a champion like once you're established already so now you got leverage, right? You don't have leverage when you first start, so I guess you have to go with a promoter. It depends on it depends on how your name is. Like I said, that 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 takes to where I was saying you can become a champion, but no nobody really too much care about who you are. You know, is, do you got a name that's been marketed? Do you got a name that's been pushed? Because some promoters they'll keep keep you on this level where. You need them on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't want you to get to reach big. that. They don't want you to reach too high. <laughs> so you know what I mean? They ain't, they ain't gonna do certain things to push you to be this superstar because once you become a superstar, you outgrow the belts. You outgrow the promotional company. You your name speaks for itself. Kind of like Floyd Mayweather. You know, Manny Pacquiao, Oscar De La Hoya. You know, they can do anything. In boxing, when they when they was boxing, and they didn't have to have a title, they didn't have to be named champion. Those sanctioning bodies 
wanted to be a part of them, like Canelo right now. Canelo don't have to ha be champion. He he's made a name for himself, and uh, he he's earned the right to do what he's doing right now, and that's going to get a bag from here, going here, going here, doing business with him, them, them, because he's he's got a name, and everybody know that if Canelo make, make fight, then the people in Mexico is going to support him. The people in the United States are going to support him, and it's going to be a big event. When when you, I mean, now as you're doing this independently, and for people who are not familiar with how boxers make money, because I saw I read something interesting that there was hedge funds that were willing to put up the purse for mm -hmm. you and and uh, the Spence fight, which is like okay, it's a lot of money. So like, how how do our boxers get the money? It's the purse. It's maybe percentage of the gate, concessions. How, what are the streams of income? For it depends on, oh, it depends on what you negotiate. It depends right? on, you know what I mean? The fighter. See, in my case, you know, I get a, I get a percentage of everything that come in. Everything, every penny that come in, I get a percentage of it. You know, if you sign a guarantee, then that's all you, you get. You know, uh, one thing about the hedge fund that, you know, um, I'm glad, I'm kind of glad that we didn't. You know, uh, sign that. Mm -hmm. uh, given that we don't get paid until they make their money back. Mm. You know what I mean. So once they make their money back, then they get a percentage of you know what I mean everything that comes in. So it kind of take away from the fighters. Other towards you know what I mean us betting on ourselves. We just like all right. Whatever come in, we it's gonna be us. So, but if, like at this level, that the marquee guys, like the purse is the guarantee money that they get, That's win it. or lose, win or lose. And then if you could, you could get more than that if the pay per view numbers come back, right? Right. But you know, what I mean, some people don't. Some people get like probably like eight percent, nine percent of a pay per view fight. They probably get like, I was getting what six, eight percent of the gate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. um like I said, your promoter, he's getting all that. Right. So I'm saying, you know if you're getting 6%, then there's somebody that's yeah. getting the 94%. Yeah. I was getting 6% of the gate. I was getting 8 eight to 6% of the pay-per-view uh, shares after it meet, it meet a certain. like a certain number that it never, it never met. Is. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but so crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I mean by when I say uh boxing is kind of shady yeah. it, well it ain't kind of shady it is shady. So, so essentially all right a kid 16 years old shows shows very promising career ahead of himself i'm a promoter right i come in i give the kid five hundred thousand dollars i sign him to a eight-year contract never huh Never. Longer? No, never. You ain't. You can't sign a wife for eight. How long? I hope. Sign I hope you can sign him. Five. Five. Years. Five. All right. So that's, I, that's standard. I, I sign him for a five-year contract as soon as he turns pro, and I pay for his training. I pay for a lot of the promotion, but I'm receiving the majority of the money. I got. It's an investment for me because he might not even work out. Right. Yeah. If he does work out, I'm gonna recoup all of that money on the back end. Times ten. So you really, but it's really looking at it like if I got 10 fighters, nine of them probably not going to work out. So the one fighter that does work out, 
What you gonna get? But but the thing is like this, you know, you're not gonna you know you you know you've been around boxing long enough. So you to can know, tell which one. You know what I mean? Uh what fighters bring to the table and what fighters that you thought was gonna be something that they not, because it's how you move them. You know, you 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 got all this money invested in him. You're not about to get him beat. You're not about to put him in there with some crazy mm-hmm. opponent. Mm-hmm. So you you constantly grooming, grooming him. him step by step. And if you don't see what you 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 know what I mean, you want to see in him, then you're gonna throw him to the wolves and you're gonna have your other fighter knock him off and you still make money. You're gonna make as much money as you can with him, you know, while you got him to recoup the money that you invested in him. And then you're going to get them knocked off. And then after that, after you can't use them, you're going to find the next guy. You're going to cut them just like that. You're going to say, oh, termination. We don't want you no more. And I find that kind of messed up as well. You know, that a promotional company can say they could terminate your contract like this, you know, but you can't terminate the promotional, the promotional contract. Yeah. Like, all right, I don't want you to promote me no more. Yeah. So it's always a one-way street. It's a large percentage. So like even like the network, so like when Showtime does a fight, HBO does a fight, they're inside of that 94% as well, right? If you're making 6% of the, the pay Yeah, you got to understand, like when these networks, when these networks go to a promotional company, they give a promotional company a budget and they say, okay, well, here, this is for, you know, this fight, this these two guys to fight, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't know about that. It could be $10 million. It could be $5 million. You know, they give you a million. They give you a million and a half. And they just pocket the rest. Because it ain't like you can say, oh, well, what they put put it on the table. Or sometimes you don't know. In terms of sponsorships, we, we've seen some fighters have deals with athletic companies. I wonder how you approach that, right? Like I, I've seen... Uh, I remember when Roy Jones had the Jordan brand. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. You got a yeah. Jordan sneaker. And then, you know, Floyd did the quick thing with Reebok. What's that like for you in terms of athletic uh, brands and, and sponsorships when it comes to, to, to your portfolio? It's, it's, it's very tough nowadays because uh, a lot of those big marquee brands is uh, going to other sports like football, basketball, and other, other sports. So when you look at... Uh, the Jordan brand. Andre Ward was the last one to have a Jordan brand. Right, right. You know, when you look at the um, Under Armour, Canelo was the last one to have an Under Armour brand. Reebok, Floyd was the last one. Nike, and I think Nike did something with Pacquiao. Nike, Nike did something with Pacquiao, and that was it. Yeah. That was it, you know? So uh, you'll see a lot of people wearing Nike. You'll see a lot of people wearing Adidas and... Adidas give a little money, Everlast give a little money, but not to the to the level of, you know, what I mean what they was doing back then. So there's been reports that some fighters like Regis Progradas, Progre, weren't paid in full after their bouts. Um, have that ever has that ever happened to you? No, I don't. I, I believe he got his money, but I don't. I don't know nothing about that. Okay. I, I heard about it, but. I don't know. You've never seen that though. Yeah. Okay. Like a fighter actually for it and then stealing. It's like that's like yeah. going to a club and promote performing. Yeah, yeah, especially if you got a guarantee, you're supposed yeah. to get paid right after. The I fight. wouldn't feel comfortable if I owed you money. <laughs> yeah, you gotta pay a boxer. Yeah, I'm like, this is not it's not gonna end well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me. Can we talk about Black Prime? Yeah, let's go. So, um, did did you sign for ten million dollars for that? Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. So but. what happened? What happened with what happened with that situation? Because that's not even. Is it still around or? Yeah, it's still around. They okay. still doing fights and all that. Okay. You know, uh, they reached out to me. They they wanted to do business and uh, they was looking for the opportunity to step in on a on a bigger platform because they was on low low platform and they they shot me a number and I was just like huh <laughs> all right you know and uh at that time I was in negotiations with uh Arrow hmm. last year and the negotiations was going south you know we wasn't we wasn't really getting anything uh accomplished we was just going back and forth but I wasn't talking with Arrow I was just talking with his his handlers and stuff like that and I was just like look this is what needs to be put on the table for me to fight and they basically was like look take it or leave it you ain't got nowhere else to go so at that point in time I was just like okay alright see y'all in a minute you know what I mean? And I reached back out to uh, BLK Prime, and it was like, man, we we with it. You know, uh, who you want to fight? I'm like, I'll fight anybody. So at the time, we picked the highest rating person available, and that was uh, David Avenesian. He was ranked number six in the in the in the division. You know, uh, and we got the fight done, and I got paid, and you know. I, Went back to the drawing board and went back to the table and said, hey, look, you know, uh, is we going to get this fight lined up or is we going to still keep waiting? So the most important thing to you, boxing is your career, but the most important thing and it's evident every time I watch your fights, I see that front row, I see that family and being a father. Talk about that inside of, you know, the strenuous training of preparing for something that, like a, a, a prize fight, because even after the fight, I know you you know you were still involved, like checking your kid's schedule. Like yeah. I gotta be at distract me. So like talk about that for a little bit. Man, being a father is one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. You know, I always say, being a father saved my life, because I was out in the streets, getting shot, doing doing the most. You know what I mean? And once I had my uh, first son. Like, that just changed my whole way of thinking, you know, because uh, I got to be here for him. I didn't want to uh, be that selfish to be still doing the negative stuff that I was doing and end up in jail or dead. And then now, you know, he's growing up without a father. And in this day and age, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been good for him, you know. So, uh, yeah, I always strive to be there for my kids and every way, shape, or form. Because my dad left when I was one years old. He was in the Navy, so he was always out to sea. He was always, he lived in Virginia, so that's two different states, yeah. you know. And we didn't get to see him as often. So, um, yeah, like he wasn't there for nothing really, you know. So I always told myself, I'm gonna be there for everything my kids do birthdays, holidays, everything. And that way, um, 
they don't never grow up and say dad wasn't there or dad didn't have time because of boxing or dad this or dad that. No, they're going to say dad was there through, through it all. Dad left training camp to go to our national wrestling matches. Dad left training camp to go uh, uh, see us perform doing uh, the national tracks. Like just all that stuff that means stuff to him. You know, I'm I'm going to be there. So what's your walk? What's your walking weight? Shit, one forty seven. Why everybody ask me that? <laughs> well, that's a common question you get. Yeah, everybody want to know how big I'm. So, so I'm skinny, man. So I'm we talked. We talked about Charlo, um, but from a financial standpoint, this is why I asked you this question because you might have an advantage as far as the weight is concerned. But the biggest fight that I think that could be made is Tank Davis on a catch weight situation. He, I think he said that he felt confident um, that he would win that fight. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about that? How you feel about that fight? Is it possible? Is it, is it even possible at a catch weight? No, ain't no catch weight. It's no it's, catch weight. Ain't come no up. Catch. You come up to 47. Uh, yeah. You come up with not even entertaining a catch weight. Uh, no, I'm not. He's a champ, though, too. Undefeated. And, uh, what champ? He's not a champ? You don't have a belt? What belt? You have a belt? Mm, mm, no. He's not even the number one. Come on, man. Tell me what belt. You know boxing. <laughs> don't, don't <be> <laughs> I'm talking to a champ. <laughs> you, you, forgot, a champ. you forgot Devin Haney is under, undisputed? They're still trying to get him to fight. <laughs> Who undisputed at 135? Devin Haney is in. I want to ask you about Devin Haney, so that, too. So Devin Haney got all the belts. He the champ. Nobody else the champ. But he's the bigger draw, though. Devin is the champ. But Tank's the bigger draw. Oh yeah, de- definitely Tank the bigger draw. But so you're not you're not you're not catching weight. It's weight. Catching. It's weight classes for a reason. It's levels. Him, it's levels. Tell him to come up. <laughs> tell him to come up here where the big boys. Are. <laughs> All right, I'll welcome him. I just got a few more just pure boxing questions. This is something that's always frustrated me. Um, speaking of Devin Haney, and shout out to him. Great champion, but a lot of people felt that he lost that last fight, including me. <laughs> I don't no, it's no I just think he lost. But I don't understand how boxing, you know how you watch the NBA, you know the score. You know the why can't boxing have each round the judges post their score so we know where we're at? The letterman card, right? No, because you might ha- you might not you might think you're winning and you're yeah. losing. You might think you're losing and you're winning. So in my brain, why don't you just have it each score, each round? Yeah, and now the fans know who's winning, and the boxers know who's winning as well. How do you feel about that? That'd be crazy. Remind <laughs> <laughs> me, remind me of the the amateurs when they was keeping score and letting us know round by round the score. But do, how do you do? You like that idea? Yeah, it's cool. I don't, I don't, I don't care about none of it. You know, to be exact, because I know I'm a going there and do what I got to do to make sure that I'm winning decisively, not... Yeah. But something like, I think Lomachenko, do you think Lomachenko won that fight? It was a good fight. It was a close. Yeah. It was a close fight. You think it was close? It was a close fight. <laughs> Lomachenko lost. I, I'm looking at that button Brother. and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if score ca- cards matter to him. I feel like you're going in there to knock somebody out at some point during the fight. There's going to be a point or it's going to be decisive and it's like, it's go time. 
and there's another level you can well, go it's to. It's got to be frustrating if you lose a fight that you think you won. That has to sure. be. I'm just saying for his, like, watching him. It's 100%. the only sport that that can happen. Yeah, that's true. That can't happen in basketball. It can't happen in tennis. That's true, that's true. That's you true. just win. The yeah. person who has the most points wins. Points, yeah, it's true. Boxing is, is left to a person making a, a judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that could actually be corrupted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely the uh, bad. And it's been bad. And um, do got to do something about it, you know. Uh, you never, you never seen a bad, a bad judgment get overturned either. <laughs> I don't care how many times you watch the fight, and the whole world say this guy got robbed. You never see it get overturned. So I think that that's something that needs to be fixed. I think uh, there should be certain qualifications to allow you to be a judge. I think they should go through uh, certain things that the fighters got to go through. Uh, every 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 time they uh, have the opportunity to ref or judge because they play a big uh, impact to these, these fights where, you know, these fighters is fighting their ass off and to get it taken away from the judges is is heartbreaking. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Well, Terrence, my brother. Oh, one, one, one last question. Well, I, I got a I got a half of a of a statement because I, I want to know if my good brother and our brother, after he looked you in your face and told you, you were going to lose, did Charlemagne reach out to you? I'm going there tomorrow. <laughs> 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 I'm going there tomorrow. But get back. Uh, I want I want to see the look in his face. Back. Uh, <laughs> all right, my last question is, who's your all-time top five pound-for-pound fighters? Got to be Roy Jones, Floyd Mayweather, Andre Ward, Sugar Ray Leonard, Terrence Crawford. Got to be in the five. Yeah, you got to be. In the, what's your call, Stevenson? Huh? Is he one of your favorites? Izzy. <laughs> Man, Lil' Bro is... I'm saying that's your guy. That's my little Who's that? Shaquille Stevenson? Yeah. Hey, listen. I mean, that's going to be the Haney fight. That should be the Haney fight. He's going to be the next power for power number one. I can fight. see how he's working with you. He has that look. Uh, you he, know. He had that look in his eyes after that Haney fight. That was uh, interesting. Yeah, man. He, he's so talented. He, yeah. He's on, a, he's on a right path. Got his head clear. I don't see too many people beating him. I see, you know, him and Devin... Him and Tank being a, a great fight because they all three of them talented. Yeah. All three of them, you know, uh, gonna be fighting for supremacy. But I just think Shakur boxing ability, his reflexes and his defense gonna take him to the next level. Well, my brother, appreciate you. Thank you for making the fight happen and these fights happen. I think that you're bringing the sport back. A lot of other people as well, but. It's important um, because boxing has always been, you know, one of these sports that doesn't get enough credit. And um, I'm glad to see real boxers now, like, being champion. So appreciate it. And, yes, um, yeah, continue to to make history. Appreciate it. We will be at the next fight, front row, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> love is love. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.